Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Denise. How are you? I'm okay, thank you, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. And oh, you're, you're, you're right. We are on class four. Uh, I just wondered. I didn't know whether it made any difference the sequence that we do them. But I thought, oh, I wonder if this is the week we're meant to do these ones that you've sent me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually create the class usually within twenty-four hours because I kind of tune in to see what you're ready for. So, yep, these are the animals, um, and I just mistyped. So, yep, we are in class number four, and today is, let's see, March 2nd, 2017. So, oh, I did wow. be, I did send Autumn's photo, so I think you'll find that. Yep, I've got that. Okay. And what questions do you have? Um, well, just, just um, one practical question. Um, the recordings that I can listen to afterwards. Uh -huh. How long when we finish after the 10 weeks do I have access to that? Um, well, the the company where I upload the page or the um, recordings to says you have six months, but I've got some on there from years ago. So oh, that's brilliant. As long as you do it be, in case they decide at some point to really follow their own rules and get rid of them after six months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And, um, uh, the other question, and I think I've kind of worked it out, but I just wanted to run it past you, really, um, was to do with ethics. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so what happened was I went back to riding um, probably about six months ago, and I hadn't been for years before that, and I, I thought I'd got too old, but then I missed it too much. So I went back, and... I was I tried a few horses and then I got on with one particular horse. So before I went riding, I used to kind of tune in with her and say hello and explain I was coming to ride her and and just have a bit of a communication with her. Mm -hmm. So the first three or four times I rode her, um, we got on really really well, and then I kind of um, I did something I can't remember now to do with ethics and animal communication and that you really shouldn't communicate with an animal unless you've got the permission of the people who look after that animal, their carers or their, you know, people they live with or whatever. So then I stopped. I thought, oh dear, uh, you know, should I or shouldn't I be talking with the horse that I'm riding? Mm -hmm. So I stopped doing it. Anyway, I went Tuesday and for the last... Well, since I've stopped talking to her, actually, I'm having a real job getting her going. And um, it's quite interesting because they keep trying to give me a whip and I don't want one. And I say, no, I won't use it. And um, they got a bit annoyed with me on Tuesday because they said, well, you know, this is how she always is. She has to have a whip, otherwise she doesn't go. And I said, but she went for me fine the first three or four times I wrote her and they said well that's not normal usually the person has to have a whip to get her going um, and I came home and I thought about it and I thought gosh this ties in with when I stopped communicating with her and I stopped because I thought it was wrong mm -hmm. and then I thought about it and I thought I'm going to ask you because I've come to the conclusion it isn't wrong because I'm not actually doing a proper communication I'm literally just saying to her, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I hope we have a good day with our ride. Mm-hmm. And, and doing that, but what do you think? That is definitely acceptable. So, yeah, definitely reach out to her. She may be a bit miffed that you didn't do that. So she's just giving you feedback, which is what's bringing this up. See, the, the universe brings our way things to our attention that we need to be aware of. So... <clears throat> excuse me, basically you're being given the opportunity to kind of look 
at the ethics portion with a, a new set of eyes. So yes, whenever you are riding a horse or training a dog, you know, even if the person didn't give you express permission to do a communication, if you've been hired to work with that animal or you've been invited to, in this case, ride a horse, you're having a personal experience with that animal. So it's okay to talk with them about what it is you and they are doing together. Now, you don't want to get into things about, you know, does your person feed you enough? I mean, that's not appropriate, but I get, I get you've got a good handle on what is and what's not. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just cross with myself that I didn't, I, I am a bit confused about ethics, I must admit. I mean, maybe that's, I've, I've just, um, I haven't finished it actually, but I signed up to do um, Nancy Windhart's four-week ethics course to, oh, about, two months ago or six weeks ago okay um and that that was a four-week thing and i think it's made me start thinking a lot more about what's you know when you're working as an animal communicator what is ethical and what isn't yeah so um in a nutshell if an animal is up for adoption or they are a horse for sale you can automatically communicate with them without asking permission of the the shelter director who's guardian of that shelter animal or rescue animal, or the owner of that horse if the horse is for sale. That's my point of view because you're, you're gathering information from those animals to find if they're a good match for you, a good match for somebody else, or you're just inquiring about their general life. Um, and it's, well, they're being given up. <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. step on toes. Um, I also don't have a problem saying hi, hello to, you know, if I'm walking my own dog and there's another human walking a dog my other direction, I can say hi, hello easily enough to that dog that's passing me by and that doesn't step on the toes of the owner even though they don't know I'm doing that. Again, because it's, it's like a hi, hello greeting to another human that's walking by, right? I'm not diving into their personal life. Yeah. I kind of liken it to if, if I was in a store and a mother and her five-year-old daughter were in the store too and they got you know separated for some reason, it would not be right of me to start communicating with the five-year-old child beyond hi, hello, without the yeah. mother being there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I understand that. Yes. Yep. If a client hires you and says, I've been hired to train this person's horse, can we do a communication session because I'm having some issues with that? That also is allowed. I asked Penelope Smith that one at one point. She's like, you are allowed to do that without the owner's permission simply because the person's been hired to do the best job they can in training that horse and they're bringing you in as a resource. So, so basically, you can use any tools that you think would be helpful, and animal communication is one of them. Um, yeah, in a nutshell, basically. Now, before I do energy work with an animal, um, even an animal whose owner gives me permission, I personally, as Danielle, always go to the universe first. Is this appropriate for me to do, universe? Yes or no? Right, yes. Because I, I don't want to, I just don't want to do any harm. I think this is it. I think that's why um, I kind of went completely in the other direction. <laughs> yeah, I hear. I hear. Yeah, take it. Yeah, take it lightly. Now, here's. Now, you will get clients down the road that will come to you and say, you know, um, I want to talk with my own cat and I want to talk with my mother's cat. <laughs> and I'll ask, does your mother's cat live with you? If they say yes then we can go ahead and proceed even without asking the mother's permission to communicate with that cat because they live together and that woman who's hiring me is having a, well, she's having a personal everyday experience with her mother's cat, okay? But if she yes. was to tell me, well, my mother's cat and my mother do not live with me, I would then say, then you need to get permission from your mom. And even if she doesn't believe in animal communication, doesn't want to be on the call either, as long as you get her okay, we can go ahead and talk with her cat. Do all those examples help? Yes, they do very much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. What else is on your mind? Um, well, I, I had, I, you know, when we first started, I told you about the dog I had a friend asked me to do communication with and I kept being drawn to her womb. Okay. Yep. And, um, 
she'd been in season for a long time and um i i've done anim, um, human reiki but i haven't done animal reiki and i just said i know this person knows a lot of people who do reiki so i just said you know maybe uh, when one of her friends is over that does reiki she could give the dog some reiki which mm-hmm. happened last week but the person actually didn't pick up anything up with the womb well i had a message last night saying to me that um, they'd had blood tests done and they'd come back and she has actually got um, pyometry of the womb. Okay. And, and obviously, as you know, that's quite serious because this dog is actually used for breeding. Yep. Um, and I sent a message back. It was just a text message. And I just said, I was so sorry to hear that. And I, I, she'd written down everything I'd said about the dog. So I said, as you know, I was worried about the womb. Um and I said, if, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. I haven't offered to do another communication and I haven't been asked to, which is fine. But I know the reason I haven't offered is because I'm, I'm a bit fearful. Okay. So you don't want to do a session when you're coming from a space of fear because that fear could potentially get in your way when you're doing the session. So good to notice what's up for you. Now, what you can do just for yourself is work with that fear and see if you can get beyond it. So sit with that fear on your own time. You know, this isn't about communicating with a dog or the owner. They don't need to know about this. But you just kind of sitting with that fear and ask yourself, what is this that's coming up for me? It may be obvious, like, oh, it's the fear of getting something wrong or the fear of getting something really serious and the owner's not going to like what I get. Um, But it might also be something deeper because you can ask yourself, okay, what is it? Okay, I get that it's a fear of being wrong or whatever it is. What's underneath that? And if you keep asking yourself, okay, what's underneath that fear? What's underneath that fear? You're going to eventually get down to the origin issue, which may have absolutely nothing to do with the dog at all. and may on some level be something related to you and an experience you had when you were a kid. But you don't know until you get down to the depth of it. If you're willing to do that for yourself, you can start to unravel that fear. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I feel this isn't to do with the dog. You know, I've known the dog for many years, and she's lovely, and I, it, it is my own fears, I think, getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but I, I do, I need to sit sit and actually work out, mm-hmm. um, because just saying fears is, is kind of a, a big area and quite vague. <laughs> It is until you sit, right, exactly, until you sit with it. And I'll tell you, when I started doing this, uh, fears would come up now and then, or things that made me uncomfortable, abuse with animals. There's still a part of abuse with animals that still to this day makes me uncomfortable, but not as bad as it did when I first started. So... Um, it, it's, these are just opportunities the universe is bringing your way, and it's basically the universe asking you, do you want to look at this now? Oh, yes, great, no, all right, no worries, we'll bring it up again later. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else on your mind? If not, we'll move right into today's practices. No, I, th- I think we'll, we'll go straight in. <laughs> okay. So today is all about answering the big why questions. Owners are always asking, why does he do this? Why does he do that? And they're not always wanting you to have, you know, to invite the animal to fix it. So we don't have to, we're not going to explore that too much today. We're just going to focus on their big question of why. Every one of these animals are clients of mine. They're all living, which means we can't interrupt their lives. And I do not have permission for you to directly talk to the own, you know, the, the animals without the owner's permission. But we can easily go to the universe because, again, as we say, stated before, universe knows all the answers. So, um, who do you want to work with first? Um, you know, the, the photo I didn't get, I'm so sorry, Danielle, was Pepper. You, oh, you didn't get Pepper, huh? Okay. I, I've, got, I've got Autumn twice now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no worries. That, that, that was my mistake. Okay, let me, let me send Pepper right now, so hold on. Oh, I, I think I sent it too early. Ignore that first one. Okay. No worry, easy enough. I can just reattach. And if you want to just skim through the uh, description there while I'm reattaching. 
Absolutely. Okay, I just sent it. Okay. So ignore the first one, it's the second. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, I haven't read, should we start with Pepper? I haven't read her thing yet. Okay, yeah, I can tell you about him. So Pepper's a male, he lives with his single female owner here in the U.S. He does live with other pets dogs, cats, um, another bird. He has a very positive relationship with all of them. The owner's main question is, why does Pepper attack my feet when I go into the bathroom and he follows me in? It's the only room he does this in and he's been doing it for a very long time. He never attacks me otherwise. When guests go into the bathroom and close the door, he squawks and paces outside the bathroom door. What's going on? Why the bathroom? She can't get him to stop this. So we just want to know the why. Can you hear me? Um, I get, I'm getting the, okay. the feeling it's got something to do with um, he feels is like his territory because of the, the steam and the, the water in there or something. Okay, so I'm going to have you keep exploring. I'm going to let you get a little bit more information before I give you feedback, okay? Okay. Um, I, I get a picture he doesn't like people going in there and shutting him out. Um, he, the, the bathroom area is something, uh, again, I, I just get this feeling of possession, like it, it's, ter it's territorial. Okay. No, I'm not really getting much else. Okay, so I'm gonna ha I'm gonna stretch you a bit here, Denise. Okay. So I'll tell you. Let me tell you what's right, and then I'll stretch you. So um, he is very possessive over the bathroom in the sense you're right that he doesn't like it when people go in it. Okay. okay. So he's very adamant. I don't like people going in there. I am. He's very strong with that idea. It does relate to water, okay? And okay. let's see. And as far as him seeing it as his territory, you're going to have to explore that more. But he has the strong idea people shouldn't be in there. Now, if you were on, here's where I'm going to expand your stretch you. If you were on your own and all you had was the information from the owner written down or audibly that I had written in the email and you had to continue to ask questions of the universe in order to kind of get greater clarity on what's going on here. What questions might you ask the universe in order to achieve that? So you're probably going to have to poke around with the universe and asking this question and that question to gain clarity. And okay. I, can, I can give you the questions if you want, but this is what I mean by stretching you. If you had to ask them on your own, this is a great example of you practicing asking questions. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm just reading again what, what she'd said. Uh, 
asking him why he finds it so distressing um, and, and wants to stop her going into the bathroom. Okay, and ask the universe that. I get, I get the feeling that um, when she's in there, she's not accessible to him. And it, he likes to know where she is all the time. Okay. Um, that would be part of it. Um, it it's, it, uh, it's like I'm picking up. There's such a strong bond that he doesn't want to be separated from her. Okay. Part of it, yes. getting much else so I'm kind of asking why he doesn't do it any other time okay and see if that throws any light onto no I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not getting anywhere Okay, no worries. I'm going to give you a single question and see if this opens things up for you. So when his owner does allow him to follow her into the bathroom, notice this bird's emotional state as the owner's doing what she needs, usually bathroom or, you know, washing her hands. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of hearing that it's something to do with the sound of the water. Yes. Um, oh, I, I, I suddenly had a, a feeling that it's actually that he wants to be in the water. Either sprayed or, or he he he, he doesn't like being left out. So <clears throat> go back to looking at the how he feels about the water. or excitement but it, it's not a okay. good excitement it's okay. kind of a um, attention excitement okay and and that is definitely correct so look at the agitation part ask the divine why is this bird agitated Yes. Um, that he can't be part of it, that he can't. I, I don't, I, I'm really not sure why, but I just feel he just doesn't like her being near the water without him. Okay, okay, so he doesn't want his owner to be near the water. That is right on. And the without him part, yeah, he may be, or the universe may be impressing that upon you because there is a reason. 
So why can't the human universe be near the water by herself, according to this bird? Oh, I, I, I get the, the, the word danger. Ah, there we go. Follow that. Um, I think it's to do with the noise of the water disappearing. Oh, good. Keep following that. Um, oh, so he actually thinks that she'll be harmed. Yes. In what way? Um, by the water, maybe by it, it kind of, in his mind, being attacked by it and disappearing. Yes. Yes. See what else you can find around this. This is accurate. Yes. So why is he bite at her feet when she's in there? Uh, to try and get her to move away and not go in there. Yes. Yeah. So he doesn't need to do it at any other time. Correct. Um, I, I assume that the, the water in the kitchen sink doesn't have the same connotations for him. Okay, good. That would be, yes, I would say that would be true. Okay, so let's broaden our scope. Now, if the owner was to suddenly ask you, okay, well, he's concerned about my safety, I get that, but when my guests, people he doesn't even know, go into the bathroom and close the door, he's squawking and pacing outside the door, what's going on there? Very good. And if the owner was to ask you, where did all this start from? What, did, what, are, what happened that made him think all of this all of a sudden? Oh, I'm not sure. I get the picture of him actually being in some water. And almost like, I don't know if it was in a sink and the plug was pulled and the water went or something. I don't know. So I want you to drop down deep because if you said what exactly you said, which I'll tell you is accurate to an owner, but that you added, I don't know, I don't know to that. Um, so we want to avoid saying, I don't know when we can help it. So drop down deep and see what you do know by feeling the answer in a, in a confident way from the universe. What do you know? has gushed out from under him. I'm not sure what he was in, but he was in something. Good. And um, it did produce a fear in him. Um, maybe the force of the, the, the gravity of the water disappearing kind of um, shocked him. Good. What did he fear might happen to him? Very good. You got it. <laughs> How, uh, one last question. How does he feel about drains? I'm so sorry, how? How does he feel about drains? 
drains. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this in the house outside or? Um, let's assume the sink drain, the bathtub drain, the toilet drain. You know, the drain is the, the opening. Oh, the drains. Okay. Very good. Very good. Okay, so all of this is correct. So this bird is afraid that his person is going to go down the drain. Right. He's gonna, that his person is gonna be swept up by the water, swirling around and go down the drain. And where did this fear come from? From an experience he had when he thought he himself was gonna go down the drain. Right. Wow. So it sounds silly to you and me, but can you see his reaction has been one of agitation and concern over all yeah. these years? Yeah. So this knowing the why allows you as the ACer to then and we're not going to take the time now, but you could explain to him how drains have, you know, sink drains and tub drains have covers that's impossible for a bird or a person to fit through. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, help him understand that your person really is safe. All people are safe when they go into a bathroom environment. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. You did good. How'd you oh, feel wow. about that? <laughs> yeah. Good. How'd you feel about that one? Yeah. I, uh, thank you. I, I, got, I just got a block at the beginning. Uh, and I think you're right. It, it's... It's finding the right questions, isn't it? Um, yeah, and you know, when I don't know what question to ask next, I go to the universe and I ask, what do I need to ask now? Yeah. And they always provide the next open door. Right. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very good. All right. Who do you want to work with next? Um, a tenderfoot. Okay. So, just okay. So she is a, a two-year-old female cat. She lives in Canada with her uh, two humans, a couple. Uh, she lives with one other cat who she has a positive relationship, her sibling sister. So their main question, why is she always up on the kitchen counter and the table? And they mean dining room table. Uh, the owners have talked with her. The owners, uh, the, the female lady is actually an animal communicator herself. Um, so she's Hi. talked with her. I've talked with her. The owners also use a water bottle to try to get her down. They yell at her. They close the kitchen door, at which point she attacks the door and climbs it and scratches at it, which is starting to destroy the door. Um, and they don't understand her motivation. It is so strong. So this is the, the why. Why is she doing this? Okay. Exploring. Um, I mean, it almost feels obsessive. Like, I don't know. Um, oh, sorry, you said not to say that. <laughs> yeah, um, try to catch yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Because, and I say uh, catch yourself because you, you can know. You just have to ask the universe what you're missing in that moment, and they'll tell you what you're not knowing. Okay. I feel it's an obsession with having to see out of a window. 
I agree with the obsession part. It's not about seeing though, and it's not about a fear that drives her to a higher place. just getting it feels good to her okay that would be true why a bit like um you know people get addictions that they do all the time because it feels good okay good seeing out of a window I don't know there's probably no window there but I don't know yeah I, I, I've talked with her I don't get there's a window that's funny isn't it so just kind of be like okay let go of that okay I would say that would be true. And are her feelings hurt when her people yell at her to get down? Oh, yes. Is that going to deter her from getting up there again in the future? No. So, there are other no, high... Not, not at all. I'm, kind of, I'm picking up on a... Um, A confusion, like she can't understand why their reaction is as it is, but because it's it's become an issue, um, it, it's a bit like she's she's going to do it anyway. Like she doesn't really care. Yes, that's true. She doesn't care. <laughs> she is going to um, do it anyway. <laughs> but, but it feels like. It started off as maybe her doing it because it gave her something that was good. And, and then it's become like this battle. Okay, yes, I would say so. Um, yeah, she, and, and, but she doesn't really understand what all the fuss is about. Okay. Ask the universe, what is she doing up there? Okay. What, you know, what, what is she active, actively doing when she's up there? Um, I get just looking for food and exploring and just being up high. Okay. So looking for food and exploring, all that is true. Look more at the food. I, I kind of see like um, crumbs or human food that's been left. Good. How does this cat feel about human food? 
Yeah, it's tasty. Okay. So you've got a cat who likes human food. What might be a, a logical question? Uh, well, to find out what the food is, what is it that she particularly likes. Okay, sure. Um, like sweet sweet things like biscuit biscuits or kind of cakey things yes um, like I, I saw like a cake with icing on um, you know a small not not big uh-huh um, so I like she likes what humans would eat as like comfort food. Very um, good. Yes, and the owners have confirmed she will eat anything. Oh. When when they are having meals, lunchtime, dinner time, they have to keep flushing her off the table because she jumps on the table to eat off their plates. Oh. Oh wow. Right, okay. Now, you see, at the beginning, I missed all of that. I, I, didn't, I wasn't seeing anybody sitting at the table eating. That's okay. You were focused more on the counter, and everything you got about the counter is correct. Right. So, if you have a dog or cat that you are talking with, and they say they have this love for human food, and you find that it's obsessive for such an animal to constantly be doing things that anger its people, and yet it's going to yeah. do it anyway. You've got a pretty strong drive for this cat. So the next question, why the strong drive? Right. my own things into it now and I've lost contact with the cat I was kind of wondering if there was something physical um, that drives her on okay she, so she's got the, the taste for it but then my mind was going on where you know is it, 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 it like initially I was thinking of parasites and then I was kind of thinking well has she got a, a kidney or a liver problem or Okay, well, you can ask those those wonderings to the universe. So okay. you can ask the universe each one and see if that leads you. Okay. Oh, uh, I got, I got, no, she just likes to annoy her owners. Mm, recheck. I think it's it's this something about her liver. Okay, so I'll tell you she's a very healthy cat, but take a look at her activity level. 
Some cats can be very low couch potato cats or very hyper or everything in between. Where is she on the spectrum of activity? Yeah, she's uh, quite hyper. Okay. So when you've got a hyper animal, hyper animals, hyper people tend to require more calories. Okay. So what questions? Now I'm not I'm not trying to feed you information. You still have to get all of the answers from the universe. So what do you want to ask the universe now? Um I well I want to know if she was fed more would would this obsession uh, kind of ease up. Okay. Yes, that's correct. Um, Okay. This, yes, in truth, is her desire. With that said, when I relayed that to the owners, they're like, we're not giving her people food. She needs to eat the pet food. So ask okay. the universe, is her body getting enough pet food? That's correct. Okay. Um, so it might be quantity-wise enough, but it leaves her still feeling that she hasn't had enough. Okay. Yes, that's accurate. So ask the universe, how often is she hungry when she's looking for food on the counter or the table? Yes, very good. Very good. That right there answers the why question. Why is she doing this? Because she's hungry. Why is she hungry? Because yes, she may be quantity-wise getting the right amount of food that the package says, and yet she's so high energy level. She's burning so many calories. This cat is going through that food like nobody's business, and she legitimately is hungry most of the time. So her motivation or drive is hunger. She's looking for, what can I find up here? What can I find over here? Yeah. Yeah. And yes, it would help. Indeed, I get that too. It would help if the owners were to feed her, you know, her food while they're eating their food. You know, help to create that. Let's feed her a bit more. And I highly suggest they were feeding her. When I asked after I got this, how much are you feeding her? They were giving her like a quarter of a can twice a day, which equals to half a can of cat food. And that's right. not enough, but I suggested they take a look. You know, when you get owners who are question whether they're overfeeding or underfeeding, you know, get the animal's opinion, but you can also always educate them and say, take a look at whatever bag or food can you're feeding. On the back is going to be recommended for their particular body weight. I said for my yeah. one of my average, you know, 10-pound cats, 
he requires about one and a half to two cans of canned cat food a day. Now your canned cat food may be different in the calorie number than mine, but take a look at that. So they were really underfeeding them. This cat, the owner also had the point of view that canned cat food is better for cats than dry. And I told her, I agree with you. That's everything I've read as well. With that said, if you choose to also offer dry food throughout the day to this cat, you're gonna find the dry food is gonna last longer in this cat's body and help satiate her a bit longer. Yeah. Okay. So I say that to model for you when you encounter this situation, and, and this isn't unusual. <laughs> this is not unusual. Um, this is what you can offer to the owners for them to think about. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I don't have any experience of cats, so... Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Um, even if you didn't, this could have just as easily been a dog. Yeah. A small yeah. dog doing the same thing. Okay, yeah. good. So when you... Look at how you move through that process. How was that communication for you? Oh, really difficult, actually. I think I got lost at the beginning. And, and it, um, but, but once we, we moved on and you were asking the questions and then I, I was kind of stopped really thinking, but just letting the questions go, um, then the answer started coming in. Okay, okay. All right, good, fine. So we stretched you a little bit with the first two communications. We've got 10 minutes left, so I'm gonna help you with the questions for this last one. Let's work with Autumn because she's she's less complicated than the fourth one that we're not gonna to get to today. We'll put the fourth one for next week. Okay. okay. So Autumn is a six-month-old terrier mix. She has been owned by her older couple for three months. She is the only pet in the home. Um, she's got a very, I'll tell you, she's got a very positive relationship with her people. Their question, why does she have separation anxiety in the crate when we leave? She drools profusely and rips up everything she can. If left out while we're gone, she'll chew human objects in the house, and she always seems to go for the human objects versus her own chew toys. And yet at night, she sleeps perfectly with free run of the home and never destroys anything. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to connect to the universe. So your first question, what's going on? We're going to make it nice and open-ended and see where the universe wants to take you. mentioned to me I go after the things that smell like my people as if to pacify me but it never does so you're right different words same idea desire to not be alone originate from? Or I'm sorry, ask the universe. We don't want to bug her. Okay. 
do initially with when she was separated from her mum. Yes, tell me more. Um, and her her siblings. It, it's like when she was taken away. Um, it it was quite a shock not not seeing them again. Yes. Um, and and almost like a panic. Um, like when she's in the house on her own, um, in in the crate and things, um, it it somehow triggers her being separated from her mum and siblings. Yes. So that is a huge component right there, the separation from them. And ask the universe, is there any other component? Um, yes, there's the component of her human um, people leaving her as well. Okay. So let me give you a little bit of background because I did ask the owner this at one point. I asked them, do you know anything about your his the, her history? Um, and they said, yes, we know that her, the mother dog got impregnated and had six to seven puppies. She was one of them. And the owner of the dog couldn't handle the puppies. It was too overwhelming. So she put the puppies in a shelter. Oh. Okay. Wow. So ask the universe, is there any component of the shelter that's a part of this picture? see that so she ended up being selected by this couple who saw her picture online and said we want to adopt her now in the United States we've got a bunch of different states I'll tell you they're located in Massachusetts the puppy uh, this dog autumn came from Tennessee which is about six to seven states away so this dog along with many other dogs entered a rescue where they were loaded into a van with many crates and transported over six to seven state lines to get to her new people. Wow. Ask the universe if there's any component of that. There may or may not be, but find out. Um, I, I just pick up that the whole procedure was really scary. There you go. Yeah. And if the owners were to ask, well, what's so scary about that? They've got animal lovers driving a van, feeding them regularly, we assume. What's so scary about that? Um, just 
just that she was so young and didn't know what was happening. Um, and and I, I get the feeling that because she'd already had trauma with her mum and then being moved into where she was, that this, this was like just an added compoundedness to it all. Mm-hmm. Um, to her, her insecurities and, and feeling sad and lonely. Very good. Very good. You got it. Okay. So it's a couple components here, a couple things as you've discovered that are attributing to the separation anxiety today. So what I told the owners, and I talked with this dog just yesterday, uh, first time talking to the owners and, and the dog, and I said, this is an example of a dog who's got some emotional baggage from, and I explained the two pieces you gave as well, and I said she didn't understand why she was crammed in that space and, you know, why it was so hot and warm and she was hungry at times and lonely and very sad and she was still reeling from the loss of her mother and her sisters, brothers and sisters. So she was in a really, this was very traumatic for her. So when you, in a situation like this, and I have encountered this on more than one occasion, Um, You then want to say, as I said to this dog, listen, I want to explain to you what happened. Um, When you were put on that van, that was your freedom ride. That got you out of the kill shelter where you might have been released from your body into a rescue of people whose hearts were in the right place, even if they didn't explain things to you because they didn't know how to do what animal communicators know how to do in conversing. So I basically filled in the details of why she was caged, why there was so many dogs around her also caged. We told her, you know, where the little bit that the parents or the people knew about where her siblings were. A portion of her siblings were actually on the rescue transport with her. We explained that. Um, And we helped her to understand that if she is ready to release the past, now that she has information about what was really going on, that she can do so. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Other things I suggested for them, um, I said try the thunder shirt, the thunder jacket, which is kind of like a swaddling coat, swaddling device. Try that with her, see if that works. You can also use some flower essences. There's a flower essence called Abandonment and Abuse that's put out here by a company called Green Hope Farms out here in the States. They do ship all over the world. But I said um, that flower essence, a few drops put in her water every day, may help her unravel some of her emotional baggage. It sometimes takes weeks to months for flower essences to support animals, but it's not going to hurt. It doesn't interfere with medication or diet, and it doesn't change the flavor of the water. But that might be something you want to try as well. I attuned in and I asked this dog, truth are you getting enough exercise? And the dog told me yes. And I I said to the owner, she is getting enough exercise. So whatever you're doing, well well done. Because this dog needs to move her body in order to feel balanced every day. Coupled with the fact she's got emotional baggage, that's going to, you know, potentially help her get rid of that. Uh, Yeah. The owners asked if they thought that, Uh, putting her in doggy daycare a few times a week to play with other dogs her size may be supportive. And I posed it to her. She said, I love playing with other dogs. And so I I felt that, yes, it would based on her answer. And so that's something you can sometimes recommend because a good dog is a tired dog. If she's too tired to shake and drool when her people have to go out after spending maybe half a day to a full day playing with other dogs they may find that that's a good time to go out and test the waters of her being in the crate after she's thoroughly exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they were already working with a dog trainer. Uh, if they weren't, I would have suggested you might want to also consider getting a dog trainer on board to help you with the, the physicality. Because while we can do animal communication and work with her mentally and emotionally, I'm not there in the physical to help you guys do what you need with the body. So the trainer can help with the body. Yeah. Okay, good. 
Does this make sense? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Excellent. And um, separation anxiety is a tough one um, it, because what I found over the years is animals that have dogs that have it, um, they tend more often than not to retain it for life despite an animal communication session. That for me seems to be, oh God, I wish that could change for owners, but it seems to be the trend of very few dogs seem to be able to get out of that one just through a communication session. Now I've done some clearing work with some of them with mixed results, um, but energy work, I mean, you can do things that support, but always you always wanna find the, the origin. Because like with this dog, sometimes you can explain to them what they misunderstood in that moment, and that will change everything for them. And sometimes you find out the origination and it still doesn't change things. But for those small percentage of animals that will change as a result of just finding out what the origin was, it's worth it yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and and you haven't found that it, depending on what age an animal is, like if it's younger, is is there more chance with separation anxiety getting better, or does it not really matter? Yeah, I haven't found a trend one way or the other. Um, I've I've got encountered a dog who had separation anxiety when I first spoke with it years ago. I recently talked to it like two years later, and it was like, wow, this is a lot lighter, a lot better. And they said, yeah, it's like with time being with us, she has lessened, and now she goes into her crate and no longer jewels and tears things apart. So that was an example of a dog who did shift, but it took two years. Wow. And the yeah. owners weren't really doing anything special. It was just time that passed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> very good. Excellent. All right. Well, we are going to do more, I think, why questions and situations and behavior again next time. Um, if you're if you're keen on that. I think so. I think so. I, I did struggle a bit today. Well, a lot today. So I think we need to do some more practice. <laughs> OK, that's fine. That's fine. Now, next time, do you want me to? make it a bit easier on you where I provide you with the questions so you can, as you said, not worry think, not worry about thinking about that and you can just get the answers? Or do you want me to stretch you again? Um, can we have a mixture? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'll make a note and we will do a mixture of both. Yep. Yeah, I think I'll see how I get on and then, you know, if I still kind of need the, the help and... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We can do that, absolutely. And just know, after you get a couple of these, you know, sessions of stretching, what you find is this stuff, as you sleep on it, it integrates and it starts to open a new door wider for you. So you're going to find this isn't each and every time a struggle. So next time we work together, I bet you'll find it a lot easier just because you integrated what we did today. That's lovely. Okay. Oh, I shall look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, we are set for today, Denise. Thanks ever so much, Danielle. <laughs> I shall um, see you again next week. All right. You take care. <laughs> take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.